Hans. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? Um, very well, Jane. It's a pleasure. Thank you for asking. Yeah, good, good. So um, here we are in a new year. How have the um, last few months treated you so far? Well, um, yeah, it's been quite a few months, hasn't it? I think the first mm. lockdown was probably a lot easier. Well, I'm speaking personally now because mm. I think I think we are the lucky ones. I think, uh, you know, we haven't had to to put up with and lose stuff that so many other people have had to put up with. And I'm not a single mum on a in a small flat on a tenth story in the middle of a, a town centre. You know, we, we are the lucky ones, and I think people have had to put up with and are still putting up with an awful lot. I think the first uh, first lockdown was relatively easy. You, know, you knew where you were, you knew what you could and couldn't do, and we were frightened enough and nervous enough to to stick to the rules. Definitely, and we had weather on our side. Then, and we had weather we? on our side, and I, and I yeah. do remember thinking, well, we're we're in here for the long haul, and I had a I had a conversation with myself, and I thought, right, the one thing I don't want to do is to look back on all this and feel that I've wasted time because I thought yeah. there was a real danger of doing that. I didn't want to waste time and I didn't want to waste opportunity. So I decided that I would, and it sounds a bit naff, but I mean, I remember having this conversation that I wanted to learn something new, kind of be a better person, try and do something for other people, but actually keep busy. So I read a lot. I wrote a bit. Um, I got the watercolours out. My desk is surrounded with watercolour paints. I'm not going to show oh, you anymore because it's absolute rubbish, but it was about mm. keeping the brain going and trying to and feeling very lucky that we've in a nice part of the world and we can walk and we have some space and we can do these things and trying to find a way of I felt guilty about it actually I did actually have some guilt about the fact that we were so so cushioned by it in so many ways so trying to find ways of, of paying that forward a bit and finding people who weren't having a great time and I was lucky enough to do some work. Uh, I do some work for Chester Uni and a few other unis in the Northwest. But um, I had a conversation with a couple of students that I work with, and I realized how, how badly they were being affected. You know, they, they had signed up for an experience yeah. uh, that they'd suddenly had the rug pulled from under their feet. All their plans and holidays and, and, and gigs and whatever else had completely been canceled. They expected a university experience that they were immediately deprived of. And half of them were living in places that they did not expect to be living at. And I know, it's so parents. And mm. It was clearly really an angst-ridden time for them. So spending a bit of time trying to give them a few resilience tools, if that doesn't sound so grand, was a, was a great thing to be able to do and, mm. and kind of met a need and assuaged my own guilt a little bit. Yeah, I certainly don't envy people that about to embark on a degree because it's not just about your learning it's about the whole experience as you've yep. said isn't it and actually I think you learn more from the life experience than the actual course you do as well so absolutely right definitely yeah. tough especially first time moving away from home and then getting locked up and almost feeling guilty for doing the wrong thing I think that was a big feeling I mean a lot of people feeling guilty um that you're not doing the right thing or you're not on the front line helping out yeah definitely a tough time so just to give um an introduction to you a little bit more Hem. so you ran a PR and digital agency for 28 years um which you successfully ex exited a few years ago and you're now offering um businesses your services on a more of a consultancy level can you tell me a little bit more about your about that well yeah i mean you know i am uh, you've heard me say this and anybody that's listening to this will probably have heard me say it before but i am the luckiest bloke you know 
you know, you, you, and a bit like you, we share that good fortune. We've had the opportunity to create a brand and build a team and, um, and create some values and do some astonishing work with some astonishing clients and win a few awards for it. Um, and how, how lucky are we to have been able to do that? Mm. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I just think that that makes me one of the luckiest people I know, if not the luckiest person I know. Um, I you're being quite modest there. I don't think it's all luck. I think you well, make your own that, luck as well. Yeah. <laughs> the trick is, Jane, to surround yourself with people who are better than you. And, and try not to have too much of an ego, I think. You know, that, that, that's the trick. It's... If I'm proud of anything, and I'm not so sure that pride is a great thing, but if, if I'm proud of anything, I am proud that I managed to keep something going for that long. But I'm painfully aware with the benefit of hindsight that um, it, it was the people around me and the clients uh, that, that, that made the difference and that gave it that sustainability. But, it, yeah. you know, absolute ball. And I think that having done that for 28 years, I did become towards the end, last five years or so, really passionate about sharing what I'd learned. Mm. Um, you know, maybe that sounds naff as well, but but there's that great need to make a difference in a different way. Um, uh, and whilst, you know, I didn't run a government department and it wasn't a multinational and I'm not pretending for a moment that it was, but running an SME, I think the most we got to was about 18 people, does throw up all sorts of situations um, that, that, that do give you a bit of experience and, and maybe do help when you try to help other people. So I, I decided that I wanted to not do any PR anymore, which I obviously love doing and I still do a bit of writing, but I didn't want to provide any PR services anymore. I'll leave that to the professionals. But I did want to uh, find uh, business owners, uh, SME owners, uh, that I could perhaps challenge in the way that I had been challenged. The, the bit I've left out here, and stop me if I'm going on, is that um, and about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, uh, I thought I was I was in a good place. I thought I was happy. Um, I thought I was having a fairly successful life um, and everything was going all right. You know, I mean, you know, we had clients and some years I made a few bob and some years I didn't. Uh, but then somebody who I really looked up to said to me one day that, that he thought it would be a great idea if I met his mentor. Mm. And I was really surprised that he should say that to me because, A, I was surprised that this bloke had a mentor because I'd put him on a bit of a pedestal. And secondly, I couldn't quite understand why he would think that that was a good thing for me to do, to meet this mentor. Anyway, yeah. cutting a long story short, I did meet Alan. Alan, In fact, I had a good long conversation with Alan this morning. Alan Mullet, his name was. He came into my life. And as I've said on numerous occasions since, and I think probably mention it in every talk I do, everything that I became and everything that happened to me uh, and everything I'm doing now is a direct result of that half hour meeting with Alan. And it's that magic of having another human being um, with no agenda at all come into your life and tell you what he sees and ask you some real questions and making you realize that you'd spent so many years um, not really uh, performing. I think I'd been performing for everybody. I certainly wasn't being true to myself. 
Um, it was a performance. It had become a performance, sitting in front of people thinking, right, what can I do or say to make you give me your business? Mm. Worrying about where the next contract's coming from. Worrying about all your, your people. Um, you know, lying awake at night for years, thinking there's this niggle in your mind that you think there must be something else. There must be something better than this. You know, there's something mm. not right. It's that niggle that I'm sure a lot of people will identify with. Um, but, but that becomes your norm. That is your life. So you don't know mm. any better because you become inward looking and you, know, yeah. you just don't know. And then someone comes along and says, there's this and there's that. And why are you feeling that way? And then you start thinking about it and you kind of draw back a bit and you take a more objective view of your life and, and you realize that um that that it's not right and that you need to fix it and yeah you know fix it i did and i know that's maybe a bit dull but but him giving me those skills and those attributes no not attributes those skills and that experience mm -hmm. you know the satisfaction i get from going in and asking those same questions to the people i'm working with and actually changing lives from time to time. I know it sounds a bit grand, but you do. Yeah, you just give people yeah. a completely new perspective and you've been the receiving end of a good mentor. So you, you know what a difference it can make to be challenged in a constructive way. And I've but, certainly picked up, you know, um, in tips that you've given me over the years we've been I think the first I remember the very first time we met I don't know if you'll remember it was in uh, we'd, I'd walked into the post office I think I was buying a lottery ticket oh I do. Said, I, yes. do. <laughs> I do yes and you said I do believe you're Jane from Intice I think we're competing for PR space at the moment and um and it's funny because um I think at that point I'd um it, there's always a bit of a thing with agencies whereas oh everyone's a competitor and you were so friendly and then over the years we've got to know each other and I think you've never held back on advice and guidance and for me I think you know as I've mentioned those things have stuck with me because you've been there you've done a lot of the things at that point that we hadn't yet experienced so I think on your mentoring side a lot of it is just through it unless you've experienced it you can't um no. share that advice and I well, think two important things there Jane uh, firstly did you win on the lottery ticket that you bought that day uh no no, no. Well, do you know what um, i've only played the lottery about twice in my life and every time too. i live like a millionaire for that week and then um yeah i think when you and i bumped into each other i think we were at the tail end of an era when people like you and i would cross the road rather than talk to each other because we were looking at each other as the competition and we mm. were a threat to each other and one of the great things i think that's changed is that if you look at the networking that's going on and the collaborations that are going on and the stuff yes. we're doing now, that's got to be such a fantastic thing that's that has changed. Um, yeah, and then that was a great that was a that was a great meeting, and I do remember you in the post office <laughs> that day, and I, we must have emailed each other. I must have emailed you. I think. I think you I did, yeah. You. No, yeah, I do remember that definitely. And then since then, we've got to know each other, and you've shared lots of uh, useful. Well, that's tips, nice. Good. Good. So, what are the um, where do you start then if you're working with a business? Do you tend to work with um, digital PR agencies or you support, do your skills lend themselves to any business, would you say? Well, I started working with um, predominantly creative agencies and mm. predominantly Manchester, a couple of really big ones in Manchester, which was really, really good fun. Very unnerving, but good fun. And I think one of the things I realised was uh, may not apply to you, but looking back, it certainly applied to me. And I know it applies to a lot of a lot of startups, 
we have a dream when we start our business, don't we? We, we have a vision of some kind. We want to create something. It's generally not about making money, but we have a dream. We want to do something for ourselves. We want to create something. We want to change something. Whatever it is that motivates us uh, in, in that initial starting point um, is what, what drives us. But then, of course, what happens is most of the time, a lot of the time, a year or two in, and we are so we become so consumed about mortgages, about contracts, about um, money, people, offices, rate, whatever it is that exercises us. That actually we forget. Uh, we become slightly divorced from that vision and that goal that we had. Yeah. And if you if you take that a bit further, and by then you've got a few people. Well, if those people don't have the vision that you've got, if you've not been able to sort of share that and get them on board with it, that that is quite difficult. But I've seen that happen quite a lot. Mm. So, you know, and, and as I said, surrounding yourself with people who believe what you believe and who, who can share that vision, who can sign up to that, to that future and that achievement and be part of it, that, that is just a... Um, that's a fantastic uh, sustainable that's where the sustainability comes in you know mm -hmm. so going in there and asking those questions and I've always found it really easy in client meetings and any kind of meetings to pick up on people's vibes I think I've always found that quite easy to do I can pick up if people are well or upset or there's something not quite right you can pick that up can't you definitely um, definitely you and that's something that I think at the moment that we're missing with face-to-face -face. I think you can pick that up to an extent yeah, yeah. but yeah, it definitely face to face has got its place, in my opinion. Still. Yeah. So it's that process. It's about mm. asking the questions. And it's about uh, the first thing I do is, you know, I will I will say to a business owner, what is it you want out of your life? Where do you want to be in so many years time? And how do you want your business to help you achieve those outcomes? It's yeah. not always about the the business itself. It's about the person and the, the owners. Um, and we embark on a on a I hate that journey word, but we embark on a journey and 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 it's it's about empowering people and it's about showing people how they can be in control more of how they feel of what they decide to do. You know, our biggest angst comes from that space between where we are and where we think we want to be. And it's when we're not in control of stuff that we become really emotional and 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 anxious about it and when we're anxious we're just not rational and then the emotions yeah. take over but but you know there are great techniques for staying in control of stuff um and and for realizing how other people are feeling and for dealing with challenges and not to be emotionally overawed by them that that's a big thing and that's a big trick you know you and i are both the same we're pretty good and we're pretty stable most of the time, but I'm sure if we were open and honest with each other, which we are, you will confess to me as I will confess to you that I've had, especially lately, you know, when I am not in control of my own emotions mm -hmm. and thoughts that I have to just stop and look and think, yeah, actually, this is not me. I have drifted on to what I will call the dark side and I mm -hmm. recognize what's going on and I need to implement some techniques to get me back. Yeah. Um, and it's about controlling the little things in your life that enable you to to get that control back and i think it is like you say it's almost like um a bit of a consistently making small changes rather than necessarily thinking right i'm going to make this big change and everything's going to be for the no. better i think it's a, it's like um people going on diets in that respect isn't it? it's about changing just little things but consistently 
and following that and sometimes you can have the best will in the world but without an external person to almost keep you on track or to report back into and I think that's one of the things that I know Libby and I run in a business have sort of found there's nobody above us to go to for that advice to challenge us to um where do you go um who do you ask so for us definitely having a mentor a coach and I think when you look at any of anyone in any elite kind of performance they have somebody guiding them um coaching yeah. them and you're right you know you're, you're quite right it really is important but it, there's always a danger that we get caught up in in jargon about what's a mentor and what's a coach and all the rest of it mm. you know what it really is and it's not just about business people it's not just about business owners it's about having someone who cares enough and who's prepared to be honest enough to have your own best interests at heart and mm -hmm. and to ask you some awkward questions and to hold you to account what yeah. we don't have uh, jane is we don't have anybody to hold us to account and it's not about husbands wives and families it is it is that narrow bit of um how's biz you know are you hiding from anything are you doing the right thing how is that client feeling um what are you taking for granted it's just those things to be asked in a direct but really open way it's having a good mate you know we've all got good mates yeah. haven't we? and they do what we call it mentoring or we call it coaching there's far too much jargon around just yeah. having someone on board mm. once a month to sit you down and and to hold you to account and that's the thing that so many business owners of whatever level are missing i think mm, especially somebody who's been there and has actually experienced the problems that people are going through um but it's probably at the time been too close to them to see uh see it as clearly and i think sometimes somebody on the outside can absolutely see that perhaps what you're worrying about or what you're concerned yeah. about isn't perhaps as big a deal as you think and yeah. for me it's also making sure that you're constantly having fun because that's what you set out in business to do especially in a creative industry you know it's got to be enjoyable as well and I think if that starts to go then why are you in it anymore so I think by having the conversations getting the stress out of the way and just bringing a bit of the fun back really yeah I've taken a lot of flack for this but uh, but I, I I agree with you and you're absolutely spot on and if it becomes all about making money I think you you just it's time to get off the, mm. off the wheel I think I mean, you know, when I, after my mentor, after Alan had sort of put me right and changed the way I did things, uh, I realised we had become a very mercenary business. And you think, well, isn't every business a mercenary business? Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, we need to earn money to survive. I completely get that. We've got bills to pay. We've got mortgages. We've got families. I completely understand all that. But it's how you go about doing that, isn't it? It's, it's your attitude to it. And it's that big difference between what I said before, sitting in front of people thinking, now what can I say or do for you to give me your contract? Mm. And thinking, here's a nice person. Here's someone who shares my values. Here's someone I think we've got the skills to actually help. Um, why don't we set out to look at that person as a fellow human being mm. with, with issues and fears and angst, the same as ours. And if you approach it that way and think, how can I help this person? And how can I help their business? Um, and, and you set out to demonstrate that you can make a difference and that you can add value. The money has an uncanny way of following. And, yeah. And it's not a big shift, but it is a really important shift. I agree um, with that. And actually, for us as a business, we um, have made a conscious decision that we don't employ any salespeople. So that's never been attacked for us. It doesn't work for our business. No. And um, we have 
account managers, we have people who are passionate about what they do, and we demonstrate that hopefully through our own communications. So, um, yeah, I think it doesn't lend itself. I think for us, somebody who was out looking to sell to people rather than um, having a, as, as you've mentioned, sort of best interests at heart, how can we help them? And if we can't help them, we would always rather walk away from a potential client than um, have a relationship that's not going to last. You know, the two big things there are, isn't that just another word for authenticity, you know, mm. and isn't that just majoring on empathy? And that's what it is. It is you take the whole thing down to a human level. Uh, and I love that concept that you mentioned earlier on about let's not worry about what we're doing. How is this client feeling? How are we feeling about each other? You know, mm. if you look at it at that emotional level, it just makes much more sense and it just gives it a lot more meaning and people get it i mean i have said this before and i mentioned earlier on about winning bagfuls of awards yeah great all very good doesn't mean to say we were we were really good all the time you know sometimes we were very good if i'm being really honest we were very good sometimes we were very very bad for loads of different reasons but there was poor service there was lack of control probably all down to me doesn't matter but sometimes we were really bad Mm -hmm. And you think to yourself, anywhere else that client would have walked, you know, because mm. it doesn't happen once or twice, you know, it happens. Sometimes it's innocent, Well, it's always innocent, but, but, you know, it's enough for you as a client to think, I don't think I want to be with this agency anymore. And yet we never lost a client that way because I, looking back on it now, I, I really genuinely and firmly believe that the clients realized that we did actually care an awful lot and that made that created a relationship that went far before far away from just a commercial yeah. understanding there was a real human relationship there and and they knew how much we cared and they knew how much we felt about it so it's about being open and honest and saying we've really cocked up here um but i i know that had we done that in a different circumstance we'd have lost clients mm. uh, and I, and that's why i mean i do you know old bloke alert i'm sure but i, I genuinely believe uh, that running a business on those lines is the most sustainable way and i've yeah. always said that of, of keeping a business going and interestingly if i look at the businesses i'm working with now and i look at businesses that i keep an eye on you know, your, your, yours included uh, um it, it is the authentic ones the ones who really do care um, and who have those relationships that are doing really well and surviving. Mm. But interestingly, the ones that aren't doing very well are those that have been grasping uh, for short-term commercial gain and desperate yeah. for survival and whose management styles have been um, like command and control, you know, which is the biggest killer for me. Um, mm. Yeah, you, you know, that's just not going to work, is it? You, you need yeah. humility. And so, yeah, that's uh, mm. uh, absolutely. <clears throat> I think for us, one thing, and it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on this, but we don't have, you know, one um, formula that works for all clients either. So we recognise that clients are individuals. Some of them like to um, speak to you every week. Some of them prefer to communicate by email. Some of them are very detailed people and they want the full report, whereas some of them are just think 
don't uh, waste my time sending this over. They're just very top level. And I think I think that's something that you learn in business as well, that actually don't be too hard on yourselves in terms of your processes. You've got to go with what's right. You're dealing with individual people, not just yeah. another company. You're not inflicting your standards, beliefs, preferences on other people. You're asking mm. what their preferences are, how they want to be spoken to. Do they want an email? Uh, do they want a phone call? I mean, I was pretty big on making sure that we phoned our client personally every week um you know i mean we just become too reliant you know and there's that thing about yeah just before you push that send button just read again what you've just written you know is there a different way of saying that is there a better word to use trying to put yourself in the recipient's chair you know, trying to say, how, how's this word, how's this phrase going to make that client feel? And these, these are the things, it's those little touch points, those little um, moments of truth, as I think I've called them in the past. It is a succession of moments of truth like that, that add up to success and sustainability. Mm. Um, I, 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 you know, it's not just doing a good job. It's not just getting a good result. It's not just um, getting 5,000 hits on on the, on your website in one day. You know, there's more to it than that. And it's, it's that nuancing that makes the difference. Mm. And now more than any other time, you know, we really need each other. I know, you know, I'm becoming very... I, I see in myself sometimes that I'm thinking I'm not going to, I don't know what to do with people if I sit in a room with them. And I, I, I become worried about how I react and inter interact with other people. It's become a bit alien. You know, I've missed all that. And mm, that's why these little moments have become even more important now than they ever were before. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I think that'll be um, the case for a lot of people. I think there certainly will be um, anxiety around being locked up for however long and what, what's the world going to look like. And we've only spoken to people through screens. And um, for me personally, I, I'm a people person. I like well, being around we people. We both are. Yeah, yeah. We, we both are. And, and, and I miss yeah. that. Yeah, I miss it terribly. I, I, I really miss a lot of people terribly. And I you feel guilty sometimes you realize your behaviors have changed i remember becoming aware during the first lockdown that i wasn't just crossing the road to avoid other human beings i was actually looking away from them mm. um you know and you think how awful is this how i know awful? when you felt like you leave the house and the virus was going to drop on your head you didn't it was terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying and uh, um, so we set Entice Up in 2008, which was right in the height of a recession, which worked for us because we um, didn't know any difference. So it was people were telling us how tough times were, but we were um, making connections, winning work um, and things could only get better. What would you um, recommend to people who are considering setting up a business now? Would you say it's a good time to do it or stay in your job, wait till things get back to normal? What would be your advice there? You know, um, a great question. I do quite a lot of work with Young Enterprise and the, the Venture Programme. And the Venture Programme is what Chester University, uh, University of Chester, um, engages with. It's, it's their kind of, it's their enterprise programme for the kids for the for the students i shouldn't say kids and um i'm quite heavily involved in that and i do quite a lot of talks and i mentor some of the some of the young people um and uh i'm working with uh two uh students who have set up their own businesses uh one of them is um is a chef absolutely passionate chef 
um, and the other one's doing stuff doing stuff with languages and, and IT. And the answer to the question is, mm. it depends on your motivation. You know, if you're that passionate about it, and if you feel that strongly about it, yeah. do it. Don't do it if you want to make some money. You know, don't think, yeah. oh, there's a niche because of COVID, blah de blah. I'm going to start a business. I don't think that's sustainable. Yeah, I'm generalizing totally right. wildly. Yeah. But if you're like these two young people and you've got real passion and you've got real energy and you can see it all in front of you, you know, you're lying a night, you're lying awake at night, um, absolutely uh, it, it buzzing with excitement. You can't wait to get stuck in. Yeah, do it. The thing to do is just take a structured view of it and say, right, what are the challenges? You know, what's, what are my USPs? Um, mm. Have a good brand, usual stuff that, you know, that you and I have done in the past. Get, get the basics in place. Uh, but do it because people yeah. with that kind of energy and that kind of passion, you know, will find a way of making it mm. work. And there may be a slight uh, variation to what they thought they would be doing, but people like that, they are balls of energy yeah. Um, that we need right now in society and they will find a way of making it work and they will add massive value to all our lives so my answer mm. is as long as you can meet those criteria do it absolutely yeah. do it. I mean you know you, you, you've done your done your years so far I mean we had a, I think I've done two or three um, um, what do you call them uh, uh, Oh, I've lost the word, you know, when the, the economy's in a, in a really poor... No, recessions. Recessions. So I've done two or three yeah. recessions. Um, yeah. We, were, we, we had a great time. You know, we did very well during recessions because there was that built-in consistency and sustainability. Um, uh, it, that's what I think. I mean, feel yeah. free to argue, but, you know, look, looking back and you can see maybe how the thing has managed to continue for as long as it, as long as it has. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, and I think um, when you start a business, um, I don't know how you feel from the mental coaching side. I think you almost need a period of time to just find yourself, um, survive, get out there, try anything before it kind of, for us, we wouldn't have been open to having a mentor for the first few years because we were just we were just we we're just having too much fun and just um, out doing what we absolutely love and every day was exciting and then I think once you start to get a team and you want to get to the next level I think that's when you start being open to okay maybe now's the time that we start to speak to somebody who's experienced we're not the first people to do this um, and if we can gain some help by engaging with somebody else then why wouldn't we? No it's just to keep it you're absolutely right and it's about keeping it fresh um, but, you know, you had each other. And in the early years, I think that will have helped an awful lot. I didn't. Yes. You know, yes, I had my dad. You know, I, I get that. But but actually, at, at, on the ground there and then, um, it can be it can be quite a lonely place, can't it? I can it? imagine that. And I do often wonder that. I don't think I would have had the strength or resilience to do it on my... I know I've never known any different, but um, it was nice that we've got each other and we've got all day together to talk through problems and then you get home and I'm not I wasn't bringing those issues not talking about it at home really um yeah I can imagine that being on your own you do have to maybe sooner find support in others that you can talk to without uh killing your marriage <laughs> well yeah well, well but I never did that you see I I, I would that, suffer I would good. suffer in silence no of course not but then that you know I know now how I should have behaved but you see I was the hero. I was the martyr. 
I was the person mm. who was in, in work six, seven days a week till one o'clock in the morning. I mean, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. That's what I did. And I'm not saying, aren't I fantastic? It's aren't I stupid? And I wish I'd had someone to take me to one side. But you think that's what you have that's to what do. You do. You know, that's that is, the process. You've got, you know, you've got kids at home. So, mm. so you are that martyr and you are that person who's doing it for completely the wrong reasons. And you lose insight and objectivity um, and that's why it scares me beyond belief how what would have happened to me had I not had Alan come into my life and how many other people are out there thinking business owners people in business employees mm. human beings thinking mm. that everything's all right you know and just going there with blinkers on not on purpose but not realizing thinking their world is okay knowing at some level that really perhaps it isn't but never have the opportunity that I had and that you have now for someone to come in and say here you go here's what it looks like from my perspective are you happy with this etc etc and that that, that was that pressure off yeah because yeah. you do take the pressures of the world and you don't want to burden people with it and you do think that you're the only person you know and I think social media as well something over recent years you look at successes of other businesses and you think why are they doing amazingly well how come you know they've like as coming back to what you said they've just won all these awards and there is that whole compare thing and then I think sometimes you do it can shock you sometimes when you see how oh, that business no longer exists yeah. anymore sometimes right. it's a bit of a bit of a front but I would say to young people, live a life true to yourself and not the life that others expect of you. You know, that, that that's it. Do your own thing. You know, don't worry yeah. about what other people think. Just yeah. have the courage to go out there and do you it know, your own way. Absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Oh, Hems, it's been a pleasure. That's been really interesting, really insightful. <laughs> I feel like we've covered loads. <laughs> aren't, aren't you kind? <laughs> <laughs> What's the rest of the day entail? Have you had any fresh air today? Have you left the house? I've been for a long walk with my dog. Um, oh, well done. Uh, who's sitting uh, in the, in his bed next to mine, uh, next to my chair, my desk. Um, so I've done that. I've written a couple of letters. I am going to uh, probably do a little bit of painting. I try and do about an hour's painting every day. It's absolute rubbish. It is just so, so bad. I bet it's not. Oh, <laughs> truly truly is but it's um, very therapeutic it is therapeutic i think it's just a good thing to do and i've written a couple of letters to people and, oh, well done. Uh, yeah everything is everything is fine i do like writing letters with a proper fountain pen Old oh blood you're blood. a true, true true gentleman and um i know that libby and i have definitely taken um lots of golden nuggets of information well, from you over the years kind so. of you to say the plenty, plenty <laughs> more around to just call um no thank you very much um i will let you carry on with your afternoon you too and let's let's have another let's have another chat let's not just leave this for another 12 months give us a shout sometime always around yeah. anyway but i once will we're allowed you'll yeah. be top of my list for a coffee <laughs> done it's a deal thanks very much perfect